theyeshiva.net. Page 156, four, uh, one, two, three, four, five lines from the top, Patek Dalit. This starts chapter four, the last Patek of this Maimir Tzavaz B'nai Yisrael. Ach zois oid achasi adelech hamavia liyaz gili nefesh alakis. Skelis umiz boynenez bigdula sein seif baruch, oirin seif baruchu. In addition to everything discussed before about Tefillah, beginning with the parts that go to the Mizbeach, which basically is the chel of the fat, the atzama is the bones, the boss of the flesh, the gidden, the arteries, and then there's the blood, the dam, the blood that also goes on the mizbeach, and he explained all of these components in davening: the basar and the chelav and the dam and the atzamis and the gidim. The atzamis was the hisbeinenos, the gidim was the arteries that connect the hisbeinenos from the brain to the heart. The basar and the, the basar represents the dam, and the dam is the the, the ava, the emotion that goes on the mizbeach. The chelav is the fat, the pleasure that comes following the thirst of Ahoyu Advarim Me'el Asher Noichim Etzav Chayayim. She says, there's one more Nekuda, another Derech, which helps there to be the Gili of the Nefesh Elikis. For the Nefesh Elikis, for the divine inner soul of a person, to be able to be manifested in their life. What is the Nefesh Elikis doing? It's Maskelis, it's Mizbaynenis. It's becoming, it's it's reflecting, it's learning, it's stunning, it's contemplating. The Gedul of Eirin Tzai Baruch So for that, this is Bainanus, should be Poyal Yeshuas. Poyal Yeshuas Bekerev, it's a play on words, it says in Tehillim, Poyal Yeshuas, Velikim Malkim Ekedem, Poyal Yeshuas Bekerev Ha'aretz. So he plays on the words, Poyal Yeshuas Bekerev Ish. It should be Poyal Yeshua, in other words, it should have an effect internally on the person in his heart, to be able to experience Avas Hashem. And not only that, even the koyach hamesava of the nefesh Bahamas, the craving power of the animal soul, should also be able to be transformed and returned to Avas Hashem. There's one more derech that is very helpful here. And this is going to be an introduction to the last piece that's missing, which is, we did not discuss, the fur of the animal, the wool of the animal. Remember, he started the premise that there's the part that goes on the mezbeach, the part that doesn't go on the mezbeach, it goes to the koyach. Every sheep of the carbonyla, like every carbonyla, the oil, the fur, the skin, and the sheep, the wool, goes to the kayan. Everything else, in terms of the internal element of the animal, besides the excrement that they would take out, they would clean up the dirt. But when you had the basar, the chel of the dam, that summers and the gidden, that went up on the mizbeach. But the oil, that could not be included with the chiyus of the nefesh of Bahamas, that goes onto the mizbeach. So first to this he started a whole thing from Sifri Chachmas Anituach, from learning, what it's disc- from explaining what's discussed in books of anatomy, of physiology, of how the structure of the body is, the whole Arichas. So this is now going to be the intro to the last piece that was not addressed yet. So he says there's another element in affecting, his boininus affecting emotions, and not only that, also Koyach of the Nefesh of Bahamas. 
Now the words Koyach HaMesav of the Nefesh is a very interesting term. That the Koyach HaMesav of the Nefesh is Meshapech V'yashuv Gamken Lavas Hashem. Usually, we don't distinguish between the two. Between the Taiva of the Nefesh Abahamas and the Koyach HaMesav of the Nefesh Abahamas. The two are not the same. There's the Taiva of the person and there's the Koyach HaMesav. You see his words. Sheikh Koyach HaMesav Asha Benefesh Abahamas Meshapech you always have to be able to distinguish between the taiva and the koyach hamasava. You know the difference? The taiva is the actual craving. The koyach hamasava is the koyach that is behind the craving. So it's a completely separate reality. The two become so intermingled in people's lives that we don't distinguish between the two. But it's a very subtle and critical distinction in life and in Avedis Hashem. The taiva you may have to get rid of. The koyach hamesava you need to cultivate. Not only do you need to cultivate it, he says, yoshuv gamkin lavas Hashem. It can be completely reoriented. There's what I'm craving for externally. There's what I'm craving for internally. And the two are very different. The taiva itself may be directed to a particular object, a particular person. The koyach hamesava means, what is the koyach in the taiva? This taiva is getting fuel from somewhere. It's getting gas from somewhere. There's an energy feeding it. There's the koyach hamesava. That is often very innocent, extremely pure. So we say, oh, this whole taiva is horrible. Why is this so important? Because often, when we want to destroy taiva, we destroy with it the koyach hamesava. And then the person becomes a zombie. They don't recognize themselves anymore. Because we're afraid of the taiva, so we're petrified of the koyach hamesava, so we just, <laughs> let's kill everything. Let's just destroy everything. You destroy everything, you're good to go. There's not going to be any problems. But that's not the case. The Kotzke Rebbe once said, very sharp, he said, as mitzabrechta taiva, <laughs> when you break a taiva, so you take, took one, he turned it into two. You have to be careful. Why? Because it sometimes looks like you're uprooting it. You're not really uprooting it. You cut it, you broke it, it looks, everything looks good. You created two. You created even deeper energy sometimes. Now it's more repressed and may come back to bite you and haunt you. What you need to distinguish is between the taiva and the koyach that is misava. That koyach that got entangled in the taiva is not bad. It's looking for something. It needs something. It yearns for something. That yearning may be a very pure one, a very innocent one. The outlet that it knows, the language it's familiar with to satisfy its yearnings may be completely destructive. You have here one of the big, big... Today it's already a well-known idea, but one of these big yisites be able to make this distinction. In Lekut HaToyin and Chukas, Maim of Paraduma, the Balatani explains fascinatingly that this was essentially what they did with the Paraduma. When you take the para and you burnt it and you reduced it to ashes, so basically you were reducing the behema to its bare bones, so to speak. You were reducing it all the way to the afer, which represents the offer, the element of offer in it, 
because the Eish and the Ruach and the Mayim go up in the flame. They burnt it. And the ashes is what remains. And then, from that, you can actually create something that's going to be metahir you, that's going to purify you. Not only will it not contaminate you, on the contrary, it cleanses the person from the Tumma. That very animal, the very ashes of that animal, cleanse the person from Tumma. But for this, you have to have the courage to go beyond all of the cosmetics, to go back to the, to the core, to the core of the taiva, the real, real, what is behind it, what is really that you're searching for. We always respond, and we say, I want this, I want that, I want that, I want that. What do you really, really want? What are you trying to heal? What are you trying to heal, yeah. What's the emptiness, and what's causing it? Go back to the original, original Koyach here. And then you will see a completely different picture. And when you address that, first of all, you're addressing the real issue. Then you're not running to the Taiva. In fact, the Taiva doesn't even help you with the real Koyach HaMasava. It's usually an escape from it. It's running away. So but you, for this, you have to be extremely honest. And it's not easy. Because the Taivas, the more we get involved in them, the more we forget even the original Koyach HaMasava the more distractions from the original story. And you don't even know the original story. And remember, stories build on stories. And to get back to the original story, it's very, very difficult. It was once a Jewish letz. He said, in my house, my mother always served leftovers. We're still looking for the original meal. <laughs> We're always dealing with leftovers, the leftovers. This triggered that, this triggered that. Where's the original meal? I want to know what's the original meal. Give me the original meal. So here, that's what he, that's why he says it. That's the word that even the kaya chamisav. It's not only avas Hashem bechalavavcha of the nefesh alikus, bechalavavcha mamish even with the nefesh abamis. So there's another derech that's going to be introduced here. Hipchinas rachmanus. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is true about almost every dysfunction. There is the dysfunction the outlet, the actual experience, and then there is what is behind it. That's what he's saying. It could return, and not only that, it could be transformed. So when you say the Nefesh Bahamas has to be challenged, you have to be careful what that means. Some of it needs to be used, should be used, it could be metamorphosized, could be a complete ally of the godly soul. It's not bad, it's not evil. There's never, the intention is never to obliterate it, to destroy it, to crush it. The intention is to heal it, to separate it from its toxicity, to separate it from its layers that actually don't let it be what it really is. To go back to its own source. And when it goes back to its own source, it can become a complete ally of the divine soul. So the Bechol of Vavcha B'Shnei that the Mishnah says in Brachas, he says, means also the Yitzhahara, the Nefesh of Bahamas, the animal soul. Ah, you look at all its cravings, it wants this, it wants this, it wants this. You have to be able to go to the Kaya Chamasava. That the void that you mentioned in the previous Yeah, process. that's certainly one aspect. He says, Yibchines Rachmanes. This path has to do with the, what we call Rachmanes. Rachmanes literally means empathy, to have, to have compassion. Expression of Gemara in Chagigadav, hey, it's just a paraphrase. 
from a tall mountain to a deep pit. He just says, Chuli, maybe he didn't want to use that expression. What is this Rachmanis? A person really ought to feel compassion. Feel compassion for their own soul, for their own infinite dignity, for their nitzitzelikuz benafshah. In every person's soul, there's literally godliness, it's divine spark, it's divine energy, that descended, lehislabish beguf, this nitzitz comes into a guf, v'nefesh abahamis, to a beastly consciousness, lozun olofarnes betzarichi aguf achilorsiyah, and the rest of its life, it's spending its time to nurture, to give livelihood, to support the needs of the body, whether it's eating, drinking, chuli. And this is an important component of davening. That's why you'll see already in Pesukah de Zimra, you have the same Pesukah twice, Vuhurachim. Remember where you say Vuhurachim twice in Pesukah de Zimra? Huh? The end of Yichvayd, Vuhurachim, Yichaparavim. Where's the first time? In Hoidu. In Hoidu. Why are you repeating the same Pesukah? Because this is an essential component of davening. But you're not done. When you come to the bracha of Yotzer Oyer, we say, Oymrim, Berachamecha Harabim, Rachem Aleinu. Elikei Oylam, right? What do we say? Hamei Lod, it's Hamelech Amrim Vadei Maz, Elikei Oylam, Berachamecha Harabim, Rachem Aleinu, Adonu Zainu, etc. Now these are charged words. Elikei Oylam, the God of the world or the God of eternity. With your great rachamim, with your great compassion, have compassion for us. So this is already a third time we're discussing racham. What does it mean, Not with my rachmanus, with your rachmanus. You come over to somebody and say, have rachmanus of me. No, we're not saying that. We're saying, have rachmanus of me with your rachmanus, not with my rachmanus. If you use my koyach harachmanus, it won't be good. It's not only saying you're compassionate, so have compassion for me. It's also describing the nature of the compassion. It's a much deeper touch. I need your rachamim. This is a very, uh, very sensitive stuff now. Generally, the nature is people love thinking that they're always doing the right thing. They like it. We like justifying our behavior. It's an expression in Tanakh. The path of every person is Yoshebeinu. And he feels this is what's called the right way to live, the way, the balanced one. And in the process... He becomes desensitized to the reality. He says, this is my obligation. To utilize my soul to do the needs of my body. Each person according to his Every person decides what his needs are. This person lives this type of life. And it's not good without it. Every person decides this is what I moided la'atzmai. And therefore, it's a completely justified way of life. Every person taking care of all of their needs, exactly the way they decide what works for me. No. He says, you're right. But you have to realize this is the spirit of man, 
of mortal man talking in you. Beshegem hu basar, because he's a piece of flesh. Avalagabi kuchabrichu, he ne yiride gdoyle hima oidla ain soifatachlas. God sees your soul. Your soul is infinite. It's mamish ain soif. So the way kuchabrichu experiences you is that what you may resign to, I'm just a physical human being. He doesn't see you that way. He sees the infinity in you. So the yirida of the soul, getting involved in things, we're not talking here illegal, immoral, criminal activity. It's not what he's talking about. That's already a different yirida. Here he's talking about just the entanglement of life. His compassion for this descent is enormous. It's an enormous rachama. So what happens is, a people, we get used to living a life of resignation. What did the poet say? Most people live lives of quiet quiet desperation. You're desperate, but you're quiet. You know, when you're young, you still have dreams. And then, somebody has to pay a mortgage, somebody has to pay tuition, right? Somebody has to pay bills, and then there's always a leak in the house, and then the toilet breaks, and then somebody has an earache, and then suddenly a medical bill comes, a curveball, and suddenly you have to get money, etc., etc. So we just resign. A person cannot constantly live in that state of uh, being completely sensitive to who they are. But in davening we say, Don't allow me to become apathetic to who I really am. Don't allow me to become comfortable with living a mediocre life as though I was just a piece of flesh, as though my body was just a machine, a robot, and I have to take care of the machine. Don't allow me to lose the unique idealism, the unique sensitivity that comes from understanding what a Yiddish neshama is. What it means that you have a chelik alikami mal. What it means that you really ain't soif. That you're a piece of a lakus. So he says, Rachem Hashem merubim ma'oida yirida v'lozoisan ha'mavakshim Rachem ha'shamayim ha'merubim v'oimrim Hagam shalafi sechleinu adal enon margishim ha'rachmanas I may not feel rachmanas for my soul. You know, I don't even believe I have a soul. I'm just a physical guy. I'm a simple guy. I like a piece of steak. I like a piece of sushi. I like a couple of dollars. Where's the rachmanas? But you know the truth about my soul. So I'm asking you that you who knows the truth, you know who you are, and therefore you know who I am, because I'm part of you. Because this Yerida is a real Yerida, the Yerida of a soul, of a Neshama, that's mamish, a piece of infinity. It's even, this whole language is, 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 is hard for us, is hard for us to imagine. But the truth is, the Rachmanas of not knowing who you are, that's the greatest Rachmanas. At least if you know who you are, the prince who knows that he's a prince, and he ended up in a sewer system, in a cesspool, in a stable with, hippo, with hippos, or, or, or with axes, so he knows. He can cry about it. But the prince who decides that he's dirty, that he's filthy, that he doesn't deserve anything better, because he's not anything better, that's the real Rachmanas. So you say, that's where I am. I don't feel. I would completely resign to it. That's where the Rachmanas is. It's not that you lose your dignity. It's that you don't know that you had dignity to lose. 
That's a much more, it's a much deeper tragedy. I lose my dignity, I lose my dignity. I don't even know that there was dignity to lose. I met a young man a few days ago. He came to speak to me. So, uh, not a very comfortable story, quite uh, reversed. He grew up in Borough Park. And uh, at the age of six, he was touched inappropriately. And it continued till the age of 13 by four different people. Two from his family, one a guest in the house, and a fourth the Gabay and Shul, from age 6 to 13, and it was horrific behavior. I say inappropriately to, uh, to speak aesthetically somewhat, but it was horrific, horrific behavior. And uh, he told me about his journey since then. And in his mind, in his mind, he said, I started to think and believe that for me to be productive in life, I basically have to become a victim of other men. They should be able to fulfill their pleasures through me, and that started to bring me joy and satisfaction because it justified my existence in life. I said, I'm worth something. And if I'm not doing this, I'm not worth anything. So it took me time even to understand what he was saying, I'm saying, but do you understand that that's not the truth? He says, you could speak about it a whole day. This is my experience. There's no way for me at the moment to change that experience. My emotional experience is that this is what brings me happiness because it justifies my existence. I know here that it's, it's absurd, but it, it, doesn't help, it doesn't do anything for me. That's how deeply he was affected. So here you have a dramatic example. It's not that his dignity was robbed. That's half the problem. It's that he doesn't believe anymore that he has any dignity that was robbed. There's no protest. There's no macha. The Pinchas Karitza says in Baba Basra, some, some people finished recently the Sechta Baba Basra, Mazel Tov. So you have Perik Cheskes Habatim. So you have a whole Perik about Shloishes Shnei Macha, yeah? If you live in my house, a squatter, you come into my house, I have three years to make a macha. If I don't make a macha three years, then. It's Araya, listen. Three years, he didn't say a word. Three years, I'm living in your basement. You didn't say anything. I put he, This guy is, is legit. But if you make a macha within three years, shay. Unless, of course, if he has a shtar, we're talking about if he doesn't have a shtar. So Pinchas Karitza says, what's the havoy, what's the Indian in havoy des Hashem? What's the Indian? Somebody's living in your house. You may not be able to throw him out. Abba macha macha. Scream, macha macha! Tell somebody the guy's a criminal. Maybe he's a mafioso. You can't get rid of him. Why have you been silent for three years? So he says in Avoda, sometimes there's things going on in your life. You can't get rid of them. At least scream, say something, make a protest. Once in three years, say you don't own this place. I know you make believe you own it. I know you behave as though you own it. I know sometimes it looks like you own it. But you don't own it. That is the, that's the spark of humanness in the person. The nefesh al-akiz, that at least make a macha. There's something wrong. There's something inappropriate here. It's if you know to make a macha. But you have to know, right? You have to know that you still own it. On some level, there's still something left. And when that's gone, so what do you say? You say, I don't feel the rachmanus on me anymore. There's nothing left. I don't feel it. Now, every person, is, I gave you an, a dramatic example of this younger man, but the concept is in a much more edel life, much more edel life.
I'm going to tell you a story, and I'm going to tell you this, this is a very deep story, and you need very edel chushim to appreciate the story. Not everybody will appreciate the story, which is fine. I'm telling you beforehand, you need very uh, sensitive chushim to be able to appreciate the story. Somebody who learned Lakota Taira for a long time will appreciate the story immediately. And even if you don't, it's just good sometimes to hear such a maisa. There was a Yid, he lived in Brooklyn, his name was Rabbi Yedidei Tzuntz. He was a Talmud in Toim Chetmimim in Atvatsk. Atvatsk is a city in Poland, it's a suburb not far from Warsaw. Beautiful, beautiful resort area. People would go there for the summer, there were yeshivas there. The, 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 the six Lubavitcher Rebbe, Rabbi Yosef Yitzchak, the Rebbe Rayatz, built a yeshiva there, a, a very, very big yeshiva in the 1930s. It was an extremely successful yeshiva. He had to leave the Soviet Union, <coughs> escape Stalinism, and he moved to Poland. He relocated to Poland. So he had a yeshiva in Warsaw, and then he moved it to Atvatsk. And it existed till the day that the war broke out, Yud Zayin Elul Tofresh Sadek Tess, September 1, 1939, when Hitler, Yamach invaded Poland two weeks before Rosh Hashanah Tov Shin, 1939. And, uh, of course, many of the Talmudim were killed. Some survived. So, some survived, and I knew a few of them. And uh, so there was a Yidra B'yididei Tzuntz. In Lubavitch, in Chabad, there was a mashpia, a mentor. His name was Reb Alter Simchavitch. Reb Alter Simchavitch was known as a very big Baltzura, a very a serious person, a genuine person. He was a mashpia, a mechanech, in the Yeshiva Teres Emes in Yerushalayim. He died very, very young, extremely young, in 1939. And he came to Poland once, and the Lubavitcher Rebbe, the priest of Lubavitcher Rebbe, asked him if he could be in the yeshiva for some time. So he stayed in the yeshiva for some time. Atvatsk, even though it was a Lubavitcher yeshiva, uh, it attracted a lot of the Polish Abachra, the Polish Echevra. Uh, they came. So Rabbi Didier Tzun said the first Friday night, he thought, he'll go home with Rabbi Alter after davening, and I'll have, you know, uh, inspiring, uplifting Sudha Shabbos with a lot of good food and, and delicious drinks. You know, the covered Shabbos Kaidish. The Balta Samchavich used to daven very, very long. You see why Chsidim used to daven long? There was a lot to deal with by davening. They had to work through a lot of issues. The Chelev, the Basim, the Gidim, the Atzamas, the Dam, everything. A lot of work. So Friday night he davened and he davened and davened and this boy waited for him. And they come home. He takes him home. He comes home. He sees on the table. He sees a piece of hair, a few pieces of herring. A kichel, a bulkala, the psa kichel. So he says, the Balter, the Shabbos, So he says, Bachel. For a mashpia in time chetmimim is das oich tzufil. For a mashpia in time chetmimim, even this is too much. <laughs> even this is too much. The, se- the spiritual sensitivity of a person, the spiritual awareness of a person, right? It's He understood how much a person is capable of how deep a person is, what a neshama is, he would not resign. He would make a macha. That's pshat, you make a macha. It's a perspective. 
But sometimes a person completely doesn't feel. They don't even know what you're talking about. I am a phys- I am the stake. I am the stake myself. So for this you say, Berachamecha, I need your glasses to be able to understand who I am. I, I, I look at myself and I don't see anything. Sorry. I need your prism, your, literally your mishkafayim, dainabrilin, berachamecha, not mine. To be able to understand what is going on. To be able to understand the Gadlus Adam, The infinite, awesome divinity of what the human soul is and what it goes through. Because till a person can't identify that, the person doesn't know what's going on. The fact is that life is a marriage of infinity with a very beastly consciousness. That's what it is. The person is the highest of the high that comes into the lowest and the low and you have to create a shalom bias between the two. And if you can't recognize that tension, you can't recognize what is going on in your life. That's what he says, Rabbi don't underestimate this koyach of Rachmanus. It's tremendously powerful. And not only that, This Racham, that a person literally feels compassion for themselves, for their own soul. This is not a form of self-pity where you just, you just have self-pity and you become a victim. But this is a genuine compassion for a person, for themselves, or for another person. This has a tremendous koyach to trigger emotion, to be ma'ayrit ava. Sometimes emotions are in exile, you can't experience them, and the koyach harachmanas helps them come out. Well, kamaymer, that's why we say, before Krishna, another piece on rachmanas. Avinu ava rachman hamerachem, rachem na'aleinu, v'sem belibeinu bina. So here's Vaita. So you have him Sukkah de Zimra Vuracham twice. In the, be- in the beginning of Yoitzah, Hamei Laurits, you have a Gamberacham Acharab. The next Bracha, you think we're done. No, it's Eipzacheshton. Avinu Avarachamon, and do Zinksnach the Nigin. Avinu Avarachamon, Hamerachem. Rachem no Aleinu. How many times are you going to tell me about Rachem? Avinu Avarachamon. I got it. Hamerachem. Not enough. Rachem no Aleinu. Three times. And what's the rachamim? The same belibeinu bina. I should have awareness. Lahavin, lahaskil, shmoya. Then it's lilmoid, lalamid, lishma velasas. You ever think about these words when you say them? They're amazing, amazing words. People go through them as a shnal. They're very powerful to think. The same belibeinu. I should have bina. I should have perception. Lahavin, lahaskil, shmoya. To be able to listen, lilmoid, to learn, to understand, to comprehend, etc. So he says, because the Koyach HaRachmanes literally has the ability for a person to be able to open themselves up intellectually and emotionally. Feeling bad, having Rachmanes for yourself and for another person. Feeling bad doesn't mean turning people into victims. This is not about paralysis, depression, stagnation. This is about having compassion for the tragic state of humanity for the own tragedy of the human condition. You have to be able to feel compassion for yourself. You ever feel compassion for yourself? Huh? It's not easy to feel compassion for yourself. We like guilt. We don't like compassion. 
We're Jews. We like feeling guilty. That's not what he's talking about. Guilt doesn't doesn't bring out any av. <laughs> when you finally work not to feel guilty, you feel guilty that you're not feeling guilty. Of course. The definition of a Jew is, if he doesn't feel guilty, he blames himself. <laughs> so the Lama the Lama may be that he's running by himself. To who he really is, what a Neshama is, what ain't Cyphers. Yeah, also, of course. Lilma de Lalamet also means that when he opens a Lakota Taira, says a Leichten, the Vert is on Leichten, he should be able to be open to the energy because a person could be so numb, it's like, I don't know what you want, you know? <coughs> Somebody wrote to me, Anima, that he can't learn this. I said, why? He says it's too truthful. He need, that's what he says. He says it's too much MS, too much MS, it's too much. He says, he says I need dumb down shiurim. Just tell me nice, simple things. Tell me to be a nice person. Don't start telling this to me. He says, too much, too intense, doesn't he? He shuts down. He said it, said he stopped. He says, he doesn't know why people keep on coming back. He doesn't know. He says, I also don't know why. You're not on his level. You're not on his level. The as I am. <laughs> but but that's with Sebelibeinu Bina. It's not so. It's not uh, t- knowing knowing Emes is very difficult. <coughs> so you see, the regesh of Rachamim is different than the regesh of guilt. There's a difference between feeling guilty and feeling compassion. Feeling compassion means you really feel compassion. When you look at any life story, there's a lot of compassion. And who is the compassion on ultimately? That's what goes through. They say in Breslov, there's a Maisa, that the Balatanya, the Alter Rebbe, went to visit Reb Nachman, you know? He went in Tovkov Ayin, uh, before a little bit. Which year did Reb Nachman pass away? He said, Ah, Breslov, I don't Who is it? Okay. Okay. Tovkov Ayin Aleph, Dachzach. Tovkov Ayin Aleph, yeah, 1801, 1811 or so. So he was a very young man. A year before, two years before, the Alter Rebbe went to visit him. He went to Breslov. He went to Breslov is in the Ukraine. Not Uman, Breslov. And Uman is where he's buried. He went to a lot of places there. He went to Mezhebush to visit the Baruch Hul He went to Baditshev to be Menachem Avel, the Alman of Rebbe Yitzhak of Baditshev. He made a trip around Ukraine. said a lot of chassidahs then. So uh, they say that when the Alter Rebbe was by Reb Nachman, or Reb Nachman was by the Alter Rebbe, one of the visits. So the Alter Rebbe asked Reb Nachman to say Torah. I'm sorry. The Alter Rebbe came to Reb Nachman and asked the Alter Rebbe to say Torah. He didn't want to say, I guess to his honor or whatever, but Lepoyal... He said of art. But the Rebbe told them that it says in Tehillim, Rach in Tkufyutes, Rachamecha Rabim Hashem, Kemishpatecha Chayeni. Literally, your Rachamim, Hashem, is Rabim, is a lot. You have a lot of Rachamim. Rachamecha Rabim Hashem. But the Rebbe Taich Tazai, Rachamecha Rabim Hashem, Avdir God is a greater Achmanas. Rachamecha Rabim Hashem. The Rachamim on you is Rabim. Avdir God is a greater Rachmanas. Because the soul is divine. The soul is infinite. 
So Rabbi Nachman was very moved. He said, That's what they say. It was one in a generation to say such a word. So what's the point here? To really have Rachamim on one's condition, that's a form of, that's a form of empowerment. It brings out good things in a person. It basically, to be able to really have compassion. Can you have compassion for your father? You could. Yes. You can have compassion for your mother. Even more. <laughs> you can have compassion. You can have compassion for a child. It's hard. It's hard. <coughs> you can have compassion for a spouse. And can you have compassion for yourself? That's very, very hard. It's very hard. Not compassionate doesn't mean you're, 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 you're clueless, you're spineless, you have no discipline, you don't want to grow. No, no. On the contrary. When you have compassion, then you could really grow. When you don't have compassion, when you have guilt, you don't really grow because then you're denying what's really happening. The real compassion for others is when you have real compassion on you. Oh, so yeah. Yeah. When you start feeling, oh, sepasnished, I don't have these experiences, I'm above it. I would feel guilty to have this. Then, out, then ultimately, you're living from a place that's locked up because you're denying what's really going on. Compassion means everything in my life is fully on display. And I have compassion, yeah. There's sadness here. There's brokenness. Huh? Well, here the word is rachamim. Rachamim. It could be associated. You have to be careful with that word because it sounds like murr. Huh? Chemlo, yeah. That's one. That's love. But love is not enough. Chemla gdoyla v'yaseira chamalta aleinu. Chemla is compassion. There's loving somebody, there's having compassion for somebody. That's something else. Compassion is deeper than love. You know that. I love you. I love you. Huh? Yeah. Love is I love you. Compassion is really a being sensitive to everything that transpired and transpires in this person's life, beginning with the first Yerida. The first Yerida was... Right, the drop in the Atlantic Ocean made a tremendous yurida and comes in. That's the first thing you have to confront, and that's a painful reality. The chemla rabba. Yeah, there is some differences, but it's 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 a separate sugi. It's not for now. Say that. So therefore, when a person has this experience, it's a completely different experience than denying, crushing, repressing. What is it I'm feeling guilty about? Guilt is actually usually covering up pain. I don't want to deal with pain, so therefore I deal with guilt. It's a secondary emotion. I feel guilty. In guilt, it all becomes about what I was supposed to do, what I wasn't supposed to do, certain expectations I had instead of focusing on the reality of the real situation, instead of focusing on the fact there's a painful situation, guilt becomes, it all becomes about me. I'm this, I'm this, I'm a bad mother, I'm a bad father, I'm good. I'm, it's all about how bad I am, how good I am. No, I'm really bad, I'm worse than you'll ever imagine. So what happens? I'm bad, I'm bad, I'm bad, I'm bad, I'm bad, I feel guilty, I feel more guilty, I feel guilty that I don't feel enough guilty, and the bottom line is that I'm evil. That is because the person is actually escaping from Rachamim. 
if they're escaping from the pain. It's a very good distraction. Yes, and we like and we like this distract. We like this distraction. We call it guilt. They say, why do Jewish women? Why don't Jewish women drink? They don't want anything to interfere with their misery, with their guilt. So you have here the concept of midas harachem. Midas harachem means I could really feel the pain. Just be, just to be, to be there, to be able to bring it to the presence and to be able to appreciate that there is something to feel compassion for. And that you would think that that's not helpful. On the contrary, he says. What that does is it allows the Ava to come out. It allows the full beauty of the human soul, the Bina, the Havana, the Haskala, it allows the Ava to come out. Guilt further drives it away. <coughs> Rachamim actually allows it to come out. So you can't, can't get to Racham without being honest about who Very honest. And, not, and, and to let it be, to really be able to, to contain that, to be able to say, this is the story, this is it. And to be able to sit in it, to be able to sit in the story, to be able to not escape the story, not run from it. We run, who do we run? And we have good cover-ups, we always have good stuff. But to be able to really do this, and he says, in Pesukah Zimri you do it twice, Berches Yoytzi you do it twice, and then by Berches Krishmi you do it again. And here comes the Kolk Maisa, of Rachman, Amarachim, Rachim, Naleinu. This is, he says, Zoysi Oid Achas, Hiderech. Another important component, in addition to what was discussed before. V'zeu inyin karben atomet shabam in akvasa. And this is where the sheep comes in. We discussed the makeup of the animal. But we didn't discuss which animal. It was a sheep. Because sheep are very compassionate animals. In the nature, of course, animals don't choose their nature. It's a genetic program. But kvasim represent rachmanis. They're rachmanis. They're compassionate animals. They're not like sl- goats are much more aggressive and shrewd and smarter and sly. Sheep are much more docile, much more submissive, much more edel, and they're compassionate. The coil and even their coil, their sound. You ever hear the meh of a sheep? It's a sound of rachamim. And here you see what, what's not a kol What's not a kol A kol meaning is really a sound that summons midas harachmanus. It's a sound that there are sounds of aggression. There are sounds of guilt. There are sounds of intense, certain intense feelings. This is the sound of Rachmanus. Rachmanus hu What's the Rachmanus really? The Pasuk says in Yeshaya, Like a U. A Rachel is a sheep, a U. E-W-E. A U. A Rachel, a sheep, in front of her shearers. Those who cut her wool, wool ne'alama, she's silent. Other animals, they they won't let you do this. A sheep, you come and you cut off all this beautiful tzemer, this wonderful coat that has grown on the sheep, ne'alama, she doesn't say a word. What does this mean, you cut the wool of the sheep? The sheep has tzemer, wool in its skin. And the skin interrupts between the meat, the flesh, and the tzemer. So you have the flesh, the bosom, you have the tzemer, the wool, and you have the skin, 
which interposes, it's a chatzitza, a partition between the Basar and the Oyer. Kimina Basar, if you wouldn't have the oil, you're not going to have from the flesh, the hair, and the wool growing. It's not going to have kima. They have sakar. You have to have the oil protecting, covering the flesh, and from the oil you have the the tzemer growing. When that tzemer is removed from the oil, the sheep is silent. As we're going to see, this is the story of life. As the wool is being removed, the sheep remains silent. And that is the rachamim that the sheep experiences. And that is the rachamim that the sheep represents. The rachamim that the sheep cries about in its kail. That's the rachamim that the carbon tamid, which is, comes from kvasim, comes out. As he will explain what this is in the nimshal, what this process of the flesh, the skin, the wool, and sharing the wool in the silence of the sheep. In what sense? Guilt? The real term guilt, I don't know if you have a... It translates as rikshay ashma. It's basically the focus how bad I am. That becomes the focus. It sounds holy. Guilt always sounds holy. I'm so bad. Wow, you're such a holy person. I'm bad. I'm I'm much worse than you ever think. And it's in our mind more than in our words. You don't stop. What do they say? That a Jewish woman went to jury duty and they let her go. Why? She heard the case. She claimed she was guilty. (laughs) So, uh, So when that happens, you just, you know, you become, you're not even dealing with the reality. You're dealing with your guilt. I don't want to deal with the reality. I'm explaining the difference between rachamim and guilt. It's a completely different experience. Or why it came in. Because when Yiddishkeit, whenever Yiddishkeit is misinterpreted, rachamim becomes guilt. Whenever Judaism becomes misrepresented, guilt right away comes in. You should feel horrible about yourself. You're a disappointment to everything. You're a disappointment to God, to the Jewish people, to your Zayda, to your Bubba, to your Rosh Hashiva. You're just the worst of the worst. What it does? Oh, it gives us what to think about. It occupies our days. That's one thing a mile, another mile, it puts you in depression, so you're not creative. A third mile is you become a frustrated person, so you don't revolt. There's a lot of miles to it. The, the, the biggest mile is that you die early, and therefore everything is good. You don't make too much trouble. Right? When I went to Manchester the first time to speak, so there's a rabbi there, Rabbi Chazar. So his Kabbalah Sponim to me was, he gave me Kabbalah Sponim. So he said that they said, that Mark Twain said, that before he dies he would like to move to Manchester, because from there the transition won't be noticeable. <laughs> so that's uh, one, one of the big milers of this. Right. This class is brought to you by the yeshiva.net. Please help us continue the classes. Make even a small contribution at www.theyeshiva.net slash donate.